Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 10. And we just saw in chapter 9 yesterday, we saw that Peter was in Lydda and he actually raised a lady from the dead named Tabitha. So he stayed and preached the word there and many came to the Lord. But it says here now in chapter 10, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, this is about three in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Notice, God's listening to your prayers, but he's also watching how you give alms or you give money to poor people, help to the poor people. Verse 5, the angel says to him, Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa, where Peter was. The next day, verse 9, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray. And about the sixth hour, we're talking about noon, about the sixth hour, Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, remember, there's not fast food in these days, so it takes time to prepare the meals. But while they made ready, he, up on the rooftop, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners. Just think about taking a bed sheet, not the one that wraps around your mattress, but the, the flat sheet on top. And you take the four corners of it and you pull them up together and it makes something of a a pocket, so to speak, that things can be in. So he said he saw something like a sheet uh, bound at the four corners, descending to him, let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, and we can see in red letters here, so this would be Jesus A voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Now, what does that mean? Well, evidently, these animals that he saw in this vision, this trance, he saw were animals that were unclean. In other words, they were forbidden for Jewish people to eat. This would include things like pork or fish that don't have scales you know, uh, like catfish or things like that, but it'd probably be from the Mediterranean Sea fish that he was familiar with and such, but snakes and things, 
all, all the animals, kinds of animals that Jewish people were forbidden in the Old Testament law to eat. And notice this about Peter. Now, he's been a fisherman, right? But he said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. He could have said it like this. Lord, you know, I've, I've been raised as a good little Jewish boy. And our, our family would never do that because it's forbidden for Jewish families to do that. So even though he wasn't raised as a, an apostle or as a priest or as a Pharisee or anything like that, he was a fisherman. But still, he was Jewish. And Jewish people did not eat those things because it was forbidden by law to eat it. So he said, not so, Lord. I have never eaten anything common or unclean that is forbidden by the law. In other words, verse 15, and a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Ooh, interesting. What God has cleansed. Now, these are animals that God said you should not eat. But yet this voice, which was Jesus, said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. In other words, you must not call it unclean for you to uh, partake of. Verse 16, this was done three times. And the object was taken up into heaven. So the Lord said this to him three times about these animals. Verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision, uh, what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him. So notice, first he had a vision, uh, having fallen into a spiritual trance. He saw this vision. But now it says, the Spirit said to him. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to him. Now, these are two ways by the Holy Spirit that God communicates to us. But now it's a voice. It's the Holy Spirit's voice. Not necessarily audible, but uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. The Holy Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So very interesting, the Holy Spirit saying, these guys that came, go with them and don't doubt anything, just go. Well, Peter knew the Holy Spirit. He'd been filled with the Spirit, been working miracles. I mean, he's not new to this thing. Now he's been doing this for quite some time now, uh, and not including the ministry with Jesus and watching Jesus minister. Okay, verse 21. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, or the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them, so they stayed the night. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. That, that's like bowing down before him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up. I myself am also a man. You know, don't worship me like I'm God or something. I'm also a man. Uh, 20, verse 27. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many who had gathered, uh, who had come together. Then he said to them, 
You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. So let me just stop there and mention what's happening here. So Peter is in Joppa, which is, uh, which is not far from Caesarea. Okay. I mean, some distance, but it's really close. By the way, Joppa is to Tel Aviv today. I mean, right next to each other, but up farther north is Caesarea. But Caesarea was a pagan city. See, Jews did not go to pagan cities where the Romans lived and where people that worshiped false gods. No, they, they were told, stay away from those cities. So a Jewish person wouldn't even go to Caesarea. That's just not where we hang out. And so uh, to even decide to go with these men, the Lord had to show him this vision about the common things. And then the Holy Spirit had to speak to him saying, just do it. I want you to go with these men. So he goes to Caesarea to this pagan city, this Roman pagan city. And so he's now talking about that and explaining, you know, that this is not normal for me to even come to a place like this. Okay. Verse 28. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now he gets it. See, now he understands what that vision is that, oh, you're not talking about those animals. You're talking about people. Because Jewish people would look down on other people because why? They don't have the covenant of Abraham. They don't have the scriptures. You know, they don't have that relationship with God like we do. They serve these false gods. We're better than they are. And in, in reality, they were better uh, because of that relationship with the one true God. See, and so uh, he's explaining this. You know how unlawful it is and such. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Verse 29, therefore, I came without objection. Why? Because God showed me not to object, but to come anyway. Uh, therefore, I came without objection. As soon as I was sent for, I asked, uh, excuse me, as soon as I was sent for, I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour, I prayed, and in my house, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man. Notice he called the angel a man. This, this happens many times in the Bible because angels typically look like human beings. So it says, I prayed, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send, therefore, to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner, by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Isn't this a wonderful thing? Cornelius, Cornelius said, I've got all my relatives here. I've got all my close friends here. We're waiting for you to speak these words. Then Peter opened his mouth. And by the way, Cornelius really didn't know if Peter was going to come or when. And yet he's got everybody there waiting. Boy, they're hungry to hear from God. Verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Wow. This is a big statement. In truth, I perceive that even though the Jews are the only ones on the earth that have a covenant with God, they're the only ones that have the scriptures 
the inspired text, the word of God. We're the only ones who have this. We're the only ones that God has delivered miraculously out of slavery and made us our own nation and, and brought us to this land, etc., etc. There's so much that the Jews have an advantage. He said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. What Peter's saying here is big news. We just read it like it's just normal. This is not the way Jews talked. This is not the way Jews who believed in Jesus talked at that time. The Lord had to go through this process with these vision, the vision three times, and what the Spirit said to condition Peter so that he would realize God wants to save the Gentiles. God wants to save non-Jewish people. Verse 36. And then he goes on to say, The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now, this is something you have to catch, okay? He's talking about a message. We could even call it a sermon. The sermon or the message, the word, which God sent to the children of Israel. Notice Jews. To the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus. Jesus Christ was not sent to the Gentiles himself. And he, he told his disciples that I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. However, the apostles are going to be sent to also bring the gospel to the Gentiles. But Jesus said, my assignment is to come and fulfill the covenant with the Jewish people first, and then I'll send people to all the world, the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So he said, the word or the message which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, that word or that message or that sermon, you know, he's saying, you know what it is, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, the southern part of Israel, and began from Galilee, the northern part of Israel, after the baptism which John preached. And here's the message, and you should recognize it. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, why should we recognize that message? Because when Jesus came back from the 40 days in the wilderness after the baptism of John, the Bible says, in Luke 4.14, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He came to Nazareth, and he was in the synagogue, and he was asked, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he found the place in Isaiah. We know it today as Isaiah 61. He found the place where it was written, and he began to read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Notice Peter saying, you know what message Jesus preached throughout all Judea and Galilee and everything. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he anointed me. See, this is the message, the one we find, for example, in Luke 4, starting at the 18th verse. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So, he preached that message all over Israel. God has anointed me. What was he saying? I am the Messiah. I am the anointed one. That's what Christ means. That's what Messiah means. The anointed one. Jesus was preaching the message. I am the one that's prophesied about in the Old Testament. I am that anointed one. I'm anointed to bring the promises to pass for the Jewish people. 
Beautiful, beautiful. And Peter said, you know what he preached. All over the place he preached this. And notice he preached that message, and he went about doing good and healing. Watch this. All who were oppressed by the devil. Oh, this really reminds me of John 10.10, where Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God's not trying to make people sick and kill people and such. No. Does judgment come at times? Yes. But most all of the things that are happening to people, it's the devil trying to destroy them. It's the devil trying to make people sick and impoverished and hate each other and their families fall apart, etc., etc., bondages and such. No, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The devil is the oppressor. The devil is the one that makes people sick and diseased. Jesus is the healer. He's the one to come and liberate people. And you can see that readily in this powerful uh, explanation or narrative. And Peter was right there with him, so he knows. All who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How was God with him? God was with him. The Father was doing the works, but the Holy Spirit's power was upon him. Verse 39, and we, Peter's talking about we, his apostles, we are witnesses of all things which he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And we know that's true. We have that documented as well. Verse 42, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him, will receive remission, or we could say forgiveness of sins. Verse 44, watch this. While Peter was still speaking these words, he's preaching the gospel to them. While he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed. In other words, those people that came with Peter to the event, not those that he found when he arrived, but those who came with him, those of the circumcision, in other words, the Jews, who believed were astonished. What are they astonished about? Watch. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. This was astounding to them. See, when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2, it fell on Jewish people. And these Jewish people were not surprised. Peter said, look, this is what the prophet Joel said was going to happen in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit, notice, on all flesh. But they still had it in their minds. Well, yeah, all flesh, but Jews. See, but now Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, they're ministering to Jewish people. But now Peter sent to a pagan city, to Gentiles. And while he's still in the middle of his message, he hasn't even invited anybody to commit their lives to Jesus or to be baptized in Jesus' name or anything. While he's speaking, their faith grabs hold of what he's saying. And they they evidently were born again in this process of listening to the word of God. Because the Bible says, while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all those. 
and those of the circumcision, the Jewish people, who did not even think Gentiles could be saved. Now they're watching. Not only are they saved, but they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking with spiritual language. And they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit? Normally, somebody comes to the Lord and you baptize them in water first and then the Holy Spirit. But notice, Peter said, well, man, they already got filled with the Spirit as well. Now let's go ahead and baptize them since we know they're saved and Spirit-filled. So he says, then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, just as we have? See, this is big news. The Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. Verse 48, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Well, what's he going to do? Teach, teach, teach. Share, share, share. They're hungry. They don't know the scriptures. They don't know things like the Jewish people know, and they certainly don't know the things like these messianic Jewish people who had been with Jesus, somebody like Peter. I mean, how, how much better can it get? And so Acts chapter 10 is a historic chapter in this way, that this is where the Gentiles received salvation. This is where the Gentiles experienced their Acts chapter 2. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. And notice, once again, this wasn't happenstance. No, God directed Peter. I want you to go. Even though you're not going to want to go, you think it's the wrong thing to do. Don't doubt. Just go. Why? Because the, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All you Gentiles, you non-Jews like me, this is how we got saved. Our God wanted us to come into this covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wanted us to have these scriptures. Wanted us to hear him, to know him, and wanted us to be filled with his precious Holy Spirit. And so this is where the door was open to the Gentiles. And we'll see as we go through some subsequent chapters that some Jewish people are going to have big problems with this because they never even, they, they didn't think it was the will of God. But thank God Peter listened to the Holy Spirit. And now the Gentiles are getting in on this great salvation that Jesus has provided. Well, what a beautiful chapter, isn't it? I look forward to seeing you tomorrow chapter 11. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com slash give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.